guys, this is like my fifth try at recording this, and I really, truly hope it's my last. I hope you guys are doing well. It's Lily. I'm finally getting around to record this episode. I don't know why it's been so hard for me. There's, I do know why. There's so many reasons why, and I'm not even going to get into them today because it just seems so pointless, Um, but today we're going to be talking about anxieties in our 20s and also a little bit of depression because I feel like anxiety and depression really go hand in hand with each other and they are the two best friends that anybody could ever have (laughs) so let's get into it I don't know about you guys but I feel like being in your early 20s right now is especially hard with how much everything is money wise and how I don't know it's just difficult you know I feel as a kid, everybody, not even as a kid, but right now, I truly feel like people are telling me these are the times of my life and that I should be appreciating them, but it's truly hard to appreciate things when I am so stressed about other shit and my future. And I really try not to have anxiety about my future, but I do. I think about my life in 10 years, how it's going to be. I think about that all the time. And as a a person who didn't go to college, I stress about it even more because I'm working constantly and it feels like it's never enough. My paycheck is just never enough. Wild to me because my paychecks used to be a, they're still the same. I still get the same amount of money. The only difference is then two years ago, I was living with my parents, and now I live in my own apartment, so I have bills, and, you know, my car breaks down a lot, I get flat tires, and I don't know, money anxiety is so big in my life, and in a way, I think that had to do a lot with the way I grew up, too, because we were always stressed with money as a kid, and I always heard about it, you know. I asking for $10 to go to the skating rink was a really big deal and I remember I had to start walking dogs and you know buying my own ticket to the skate rink and all of that so money anxiety is such a big thing and I think it plays into a lot of aspects of not only my life probably a lot of other people's lives but like my relationships you know when we talk about money a lot it is such a wall that is being built between me and my significant other and I hate I hate that our lives have truly revolved around money if I could have it my way I would I would move out of the city I would live off grid and I I wouldn't have to deal with money if I could I fucking would or if I could be a millionaire I would And I think it's so funny that everyone's like, money doesn't buy happiness. But you know what? It totally buys temporary happiness for sure. I think it, I totally think it buys some sort of happiness. It definitely doesn't buy permanent happiness. But I would be a whole lot happier if I wasn't stressed about money, you know? A lot of my worries and my anxieties would melt away if I had just a little bit more money. (laughs) just the, a better income, you know, I'm not poor, not rich, 
but shit, if I was rich, I would probably be a lot happier than what I am now. But no 22-year-old is rich, and no 22-year-old is well off, unless you're a freaking nepotism baby, (laughs) or silver spoon fed, you know? Those kids are probably happy, and I definitely am jealous of them, but I definitely think sorry, hitting the jewel, I definitely think that is one little piece of the puzzle that really adds into my anxieties of day-to-day life is money, and I hate that life is so revolved around money, I hate it, I wish it wasn't that way, but it is, and it's just something that I have to come to terms with, but it, I think not going to college right after high school I I think it helped motivate me more to make more money and to work more and it totally taught me a different type of work ethic than I think going to college would have because I know if I went to a university or even community college I would have never taken it seriously and I totally would have been in way more debt than than I am now and I'm not even in debt now I'm perfectly fine. My credit is fine. Everything about, you know, if you really think, if I really, like, sat down and thought about, like, my money anxiety, my financials anxiety, I am really not doing as bad as it seems, but it's hard to look at it that way when it's, everything's expensive right now, you know, like, the cost of living, the cost of groceries, the cost of clothes, and as a girly who likes to go (laughs) shopping a lot, like, I can't do that. I can't, I don't have money to just, like, buy new clothes all the time, and it's funny because this is where, like, TikTok really comes into play, too, like, adding on to my anxiety, TikTok totally worsens it, and my brother, I keep saying totally, take a shot for how many times I have said totally, don't actually, but, um oh my gosh I'm looking at my aloe vera plant right now and she just looks so sad she's lopsided she's leaning she's ready to die and I don't blame her but (laughs) um social media is fucked up I fucking hate social media and we're just gonna transition into that now because it has to come into play with all of the financials everything that we consume in our day-to-day life has a play into my anxiety probably yours too if you're listening to this but I hate social media. I literally just deleted my Instagram and my TikToks. I'm so tired of seeing fake shit. And I think it's so funny because we are all so consumed with it. It's just, it, it's our generation. Like, we were born into this. And it, it kills me. It kills me when people talk about iPad babies because we were totally... Anyways, we were the first generation of iPad babies. We grew up when YouTube was becoming a new thing. And, I mean, we had a TV in our living room. I was glued to the TV. I mean, I I don't know about everybody. But this is just my experience. Like, I, I was definitely a fucking iPad baby as a kid. I loved YouTube. I loved going on YouTube. I played Club Penguin all the time. I wouldn't do my homework because I wanted to play Club Penguin or Pop Tropica and it's just so funny because we grew up that way like that's the generation we grew up in and it's really annoying and I hate it there's so many things I wish I could change about you know the way 
the generation we grew up in, the environment. I wish I could change it, but I can't. I have to accept it. Unfortunately, I have to accept it. I wish I didn't have to, but social media is annoying, and I hate it because we only post what we want people to see, and I will vouch for that because I don't post ugly pictures of myself. I don't post, like... I pose for all my pictures, you know, anything that looks like it might not be posed, it totally is posed, and I only post the good ones, you know, I only post what I want my followers to see, and I know that is for everybody else, like, it's so annoying going and looking at other people's Instagrams and being jealous of how they look or what they do with their lives, because it's not that, it's not even, it's like this smallest glimpse of into these other people's lives that we are seeing yet we are comparing and I hate it comparison kills it totally kills and I I hate that we are just sucked into our phones and it causes so much anxiety for me because comparing my life to what I see on social media isn't fair and I shouldn't do that but I do it I totally am guilty of doing that because what else am I supposed to do? I mean, I see a pretty girl on my TikTok or my Instagram, like, oh my gosh, they're so gorgeous. And then this little, like, voice in the back of my head is like, why isn't your life like that? Or why don't you look like that? You know, I I just hate it. I really do. I wish we weren't born into social media, but I'm also grateful for the technology we have because I wouldn't want to be like a baby boomer and be completely lost like you have to grow in the environment that is growing you know because we live in a society where we are constantly evolving and growing and you must grow with it or you're going to be left behind or you're going to be I'm not crying I know I sound shaky it's just how I sound I do have a lot of anxiety today so I am a little bit shaky but I'm not crying if it sounds like I am I'm really sorry but I'm not and I would definitely if I do start crying you won't hear it because on my first episode I posted I cried in it and I left it in like a dumbass and I hate it I wish I would have cut that out so bad like girl shut up stop crying you're embarrassing yourself (laughs) anyways um anyways so social media our environment it's constantly evolving and if we do not involve evolve with it we'll get left in the dust like Like, my parents are just so behind, and that's okay, because, like I said, they were in a different generation where things weren't like that, but I don't want to be like that when I'm in my 50s. Like, I want to evolve with everything else. I want to be up to date on it all, but I wish I didn't have to be, you know? But you do, because then you'll have, I don't know, you'll be canceled or whatever, because everybody gets canceled for some shit nowadays, you know? And that's okay. That's that's just the world we live in where you say one wrong thing and you're fucked, you know? And I've definitely said some wrong things in my life and I have anxieties about it constantly because I'm like, God, why did I say that? You know, I'm stupid or whatever. No, I'm not stupid. I'm just learning and I'm trying my best to learn. And I have anxieties about being behind and not evolving all the time but you know 
I'm only 22. I'm doing my best I can in the world we live in. We are all doing the best we can in this day and age. It's just really fucking hard, you know? Um, I cuss a lot, and somebody mentioned that with my last podcast. They were like, God damn, bitch, you cuss a lot. <laughs> you have a potty mouth, and I just replied, yeah, I know. Because that's just who I am. I don't know. I'm an Aries, okay? I'm a Aries. I got an Aries sun? I don't know. I'm not, like, an astrology girl. So, I am in ways. But I'm an Aries sun. Or, no, Aries moon, Aquarius sun, Leo rising. So, I have two fire signs in my chart. And that's, I just blame my chaotic energy on that. Even though it's just probably who I am, but... Yeah, I don't know. Anxiety is a bitch, and everything that goes into play sucks. I hate when people tell you to just not think about it, because if I could turn my brain off, I would. Like, if I could just be like, poof, I'm not thinking about it, I would, you know? But I can't. And I used to take, like, anti-anxieties and antidepressants, and then I stopped. And I kind of regret stopping, especially now, where I'm at this, like, horrible, (laughs) I'm in this horrible place in my life, and I so badly wish I could still be on them. But I, um, I just stopped taking them. And they definitely helped, but they also, it was weird. I remember when they started working for me, because, you know, anti-anxieties and depressants, it takes, like, It takes, okay, anti-anxieties and antidepressants, it takes like three months for them to kick in, for them to really work. And I remember just not, I was also 17, so I was in a carefree environment. I was just doing whatever I really wanted, but I really, I truly was just doing whatever I really wanted. I did not care. I didn't have a second thought about things, and I wish it was still like that, and I wish I could still do that, but unfortunately... I'm an adult with responsibility, so it's definitely a little different. And I think if I started do if I started taking anti-anxieties and depressants, it would probably be a, a whole different experience for me now. Cause then I was just a kid taking them. Cause my psychiatrist was just like, here you go. And now as an adult, I think it would play a different part because I have all these anxieties of money and my body image and how people perceive me and all of that I don't know how it would be you know because then I just couldn't care less like as a 17 year old I did not care what anybody thought of me I thought I was the shit and now I think I am shit like I suck you know that's and that's a whole different conversation to have on a different episode but yeah I think it would just be a different experience for me and I would love to see if I could do it again but I can't because I don't have health insurance and don't boo me for that but I I had no choice my parents kicked me off of it when I was 21 so I just and I can't afford it which fucking sucks like I so badly wish I could get on health insurance but it's expensive and life is expensive and money sucks and all of that bullshit you know it's just the same thing over and over again the fact that everything is just expensive and that's such a big play 
in my anxiety, you know? But yeah, I um, I deleted my TikTok and my Instagram. I'll probably download my Instagram to promote this episode, but I deleted them because I fucking hate seeing other people be happy. <laughs> I'm such a bitter person. I'm really not. I love seeing other people be happy, but when it comes to just seeing what you're seeing, what people are putting out there for you to see, it's like, is that really happiness? Are we just seeing an edited version of happiness? Which, it's definitely the second one. It's definitely just an edited version. But it's wild because I um, I just, I don't know. I see people I went to high school and elementary school with. And they're getting engaged. And people are pregnant, having kids. And I'm just in my own little world, not even... Like, how are you guys doing this is my question. That is my, I need an answer to this and I need it quick. It's my money and I want it now. How are people having kids? I don't understand that. That is something I just genuinely cannot wrap my head around. Your 20s are so hard and you're having children in your 20s. Ah, what the fuck? That's insane to me. I don't want kids. Not in this world. This world is stupid and I hate it. And I would never want to bring my child into it. Props to the people who are. I'm not judging you guys. I am just being pessimistic about life, okay? And I'm working on that. I don't want this whole like podcast and everything to be just me being pessimistic or talking about how much I hate my life. But it's just the truth. Like this these are just things that go into play that no one talks about. It's what people hide from you. They don't want you to see the truth. They don't want you to see what their real life looks like. They want you to think that they live in this perfect little la-la land of their own lives. You know, they go traveling and they go shopping all the time and they facetune their bodies and their faces so well to where it doesn't even look like them. Like you see them in real life and you're like, holy shit, you look so different than what you post. What the fuck? Like, it's all just this this like wall that we have built and I don't know where I was going with this oh having kids in your fucking 20s don't understand that that's I started that with that this is why I need Adderall I can never stay on one topic I do remember where I was going with that though um the fact that I see people who I went to school with and they're just living crazy lives that I cannot relate to I don't have to relate to anything because my life is my life and I've built what I've built and that's okay and there's nothing wrong with the life that I live. It's just hard to be scrolling through social media seeing all this thi- all these people having these things and wondering why I don't have them. I don't think that about having kids. Obviously, I just said I hate kids. But I with the graduating college and getting big girl and big boy jobs and you know traveling why am I not doing that you know my goal for this summer was to travel a bunch and I didn't do that I just I went to Arkansas and I went to the lake but I didn't go anywhere cool and it's annoying watching these people travel and thinking why am I not doing that and why can't I do that but like I said when it comes to social media and comparing your life to other people's lives it's not we're not seeing the full story we're not 
we don't know how they're doing those things and we don't know what's going on behind the scenes so genuinely like we cannot fucking compare our lives because it will kill you it will literally drive you mad and it drives me mad as if you can't tell drives me insane when I compare my lives to these people who I don't even know I don't know you but I'm comparing myself to you that's weird you know that we can't do that and it's so normal to do that but we shouldn't because we don't know what the fuck is happening behind those behind those screens. And our screens are blinding us. We're seeing things that people want us to see. And we're getting blinded by those things. And c- just driving ourselves fucking crazy, mate. Absolutely bonkers. But, yeah. Um, okay, so we've talked about the money. We've talked about social media. Those are all things that give me anxiety. Oh my gosh, I've sneezed so bad. Those are things that give me anxiety. Another thing, and this is, like, truly one of the biggest factors, and I don't know why I continue to do it to myself, but drinking. Oh, my God. Drinking gives me such bad anxiety, and not even in the moment. When I'm drunk, I'm so carefree, and I don't care what I say or how I act, which is why I drink. (laughs) Like, I don't do it as much anymore. But when I get drunk, it's because I'm in a social setting, And I'm not a social person, truly. I don't really go out and make new friends easily. And so when I'm drunk, I do that so easily. I'm just very carefree, and I love that. But then I wake up the next morning, and then I think about all the things that I've said and all the things that I did, and I'm disgusted at who I was when I was drunk, you know, because that wasn't really me. That was just me being drunk and all my anxieties just weren't there because I was so drunk I couldn't even think about it, you know? Anxiety is so real. I saw TikTok. I saw a TikTok about it, and it was something about how your, like, serotonin levels go down when you're drunk, and that's why when you wake up the next morning and your heart's beating fast and you're sweating and you feel like shit, it's because you have, like, no serotonin left in your body. And that goes into play with drugs, too, you know? That's kind of... That's why I don't really go out often. There was a concert over the weekend, and I really wanted to go to it, but I had to work the next day. And I was itching to go to this live show so badly, but I knew that the moment I got there, I would want to drink because I don't do well in big, huge settings, you know? And I went to a bunch of festivals, like music festivals, last summer, and they were so much fun, but I was combating, not combating, I wasn't abusing substance, substances, I was not, I'm not an addict, I'm not an alcoholic, but I was using substances to combat with my anxiety, And so it was just so easy for me to go around and be social at the music festivals and at shows because I I was using things to get rid of the anxiety and the scaredness. That's not who I am because truly deep down to my core, I'm such an introvert. I, I don't like, you know, putting myself out there. I don't like being the center of attention. I, I really had never have. As a kid, I hated being the center of attention. I got, like, I got, like, shy at my soccer games when I used to play soccer. I would never want to go out on the field because 
I was so nervous about people looking at me. I just hated being the center of attention, and I do. And that's why, as an adult, I drink when I'm in social settings. And then I wake up, and I have even worse anxiety about the things I fucking did. You know? Like, it never ends well for me when I do get drunk. And I also have, like, no self-control. It's funny, because my first episode, I talk about when the first time I ever blacked out. And I said how my self-control has definitely gotten better but it's still not as good and that's so true because I I drink to get drunk that's my problem I drink to get drunk so I don't have to have anxiety around people and like have a second thought about what I say you know I I can't really social drink like I can have one or two drinks if I'm at home with like friends I can do that. Like I said, I'm not an alcoholic. I don't need rehab. Trust me. But when I am in social settings, I get extremely drunk. And it's embarrassing. Like I said, I wake up and I regret everything I always do and I say. And it's just a whole mess. And I don't like doing that. It's why I really don't go out anymore. It's why I don't really drink anymore. Because I know the consequences that it has on me. And i rather just not face those <laughs> I'd rather not add on to the already scaredness that I have of life and myself I'm like terrified of being my true self around people because I'm scared that if I show who I truly am people aren't gonna like me and I have such a big problem with people hating me I don't like when people don't like me it gives me anxiety I get like nervous and I'm always wondering what people are thinking of me and I always am you know scrolling through my own Instagram I do this so often I scroll through like if I post on my Instagram or if I post stories on my Instagram or even my Snapchat or if I post on TikTok I'm constantly re-watching or constantly looking at what I've posted and trying to visualize myself as someone else thinking okay what are other people thinking of me you know because this goes so into play with why social media gives me anxiety because what people post aren't real what I post it's not real and I'm always thinking how people are going to receive me on social media but who the fuck cares you know as I'm saying this out loud I'm like who cares what people think of me but I do care you know like deep down I truly care sometimes I care a little too much about how people are going to perceive me and it's stupid, and I wish I didn't think that way, but I do, and it's just annoying, you know, like, it's draining, honestly, it's just so draining to constantly wonder what people think of me, and I feel like if you have met me, you could probably tell just a little bit that I am very shy and closed off, because deep down, like I said, I don't want you to know who I am. I don't want anyone knowing who I truly am. There's just, there is few people who have seen me in a, like, comfortable setting where I'm comfortable enough to let them know who I am. I have maybe, like, four friends that I can show my true self around, but anybody else, like, I won't let you know. Like, I'll open up in certain aspects of my life, but, yeah, 
And that's why it's scary coming onto this podcast and talking about these things because I don't want anyone knowing who the fuck I am, really. <laughs> and so, so it's taken me so long to come on here and to talk about shit because, like I said, I'm not crying, guys. I'm just freaking shaky right now because I'm nervous. I have anxiety about talking about this. I have anxiety about posting this because I'm worried people are gonna listen to it and think I'm weird or something like it's it's annoying you know why do I care so much I don't know I don't know and I hope someone I hope someone out there can relate to this because if you can't then I'm doing it all for nothing but I'm not really doing it all for nothing I remember when I posted my first episode of this podcast and I released it you know I posted it all of that I knew before I posted it that I was going to lay in bed that night thinking about the podcast, thinking about what I said on it, and thinking about what people are going to think of me, whatever. I just had so much anxiety about posting it and being real and being the true me. And then all of that anxiety went away the next day when I had all that positive feedback. I had such good people telling me, like, oh my god, this is amazing, what you were doing is so cool and it's awesome and up front I appreciated that and I still do and I it meant the world to me that people who I loved loved what I put out into the world it meant a lot but deep down I was still fucking terrified about what I had said and about what I posted and it has nothing to do with you know people taking what I say the wrong way because Truly, when it comes to that, I don't care. Um, you can t- you can take what I say and do what you will with that, you know? Everybody's going to take what you say in a different way. And that's why it's kind of terrifying because, like, and it's always been who I am. As a kid, I wanted to be popular because it seemed like all the kids who were popular had all these friends and they loved them and they liked them and they took them for who they were and it's always just like I think I have imposter syndrome or something like afraid of being who I am I don't even know if that's what that is I'm about to look it up oh my god yes I just looked this up and this is me to a T imposter syndrome also known as imposter phenomenon or imposterism that's hilarious the way they said that is the psychological is a psychological occurrence in which an individual doubts their skills talents or accomplishments and has persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud despite internal or despite external evidence of their whatever i can't say that word those experience this phenomenon do not believe they deserve their success or love that's so true that is so true i'm so glad i used that in the right (laughs) format i was scared that what when i said it um it wasn't correct but that is true because like when I posted that podcast and everybody was giving me all that great feedback deep down I didn't think I deserved that and I didn't think I was scared that it wasn't me being real or whatever but I hope this is this episode is me being real enough I feel that this is the realest I can really get and I'm really just being vulnerable on here right now and that's terrifying for me 
that's why I'm sounding so shaky in all of this because being vulnerable is terrifying. I don't like being vulnerable. It makes me feel weak. Like me being me is a weakness and I shouldn't feel that way and no one should feel that way. If you feel that way, it, I know it's hard to accept that you shouldn't, but you really shouldn't. And it's okay to feel it because I think it's normal, but vulnerability is not weakness it really it's honestly like it shows how strong you are that you can be vulnerable because in this world that we live in you know in the social media we see no one's vulnerable it's just all annoying and fake shit that we're seeing no one's really talking about the nitty-gritty things of life and exactly why I made this podcast is because I want to talk about the nitty-gritty shit and you know I don't like I've said before I don't want to be a pessimist I also don't want to be too optimistic I just want to be like in this warm medium of yeah I feel like shit and you might feel like shit but that is totally fine and that is life and I think that is just a whole like I think that sums up being in your early 20s is just like being in this weird medium of life where things are okay in a way, but I'm also really scared of how my life is and if this is going to be my forever, you know? It's terrifying. I'm like shaking my fist because, ah, this is such a hard thing for me to talk about. I don't like talking about these things, guys, and I'm just hoping that it just that you guys like this episode so badly because I'm going to post this. I'm posting this and it's going to be up tonight and I know I'm going to have so much anxiety about it, but I really fucking hope you guys like this because this is so hard for me. I've tried so many times to sit down and talk about things and be honest and truthful, but it never felt right and nothing that I ever said felt okay And even this, like, I don't even feel okay about saying this, but it's something that needs to be done. Like, I need to break the barrier and just fucking do it because I have to commit to the things I make. And I made this, I made it for a reason. I didn't just make it on a high. Like, I had been planning and preparing and wanting to do this podcast for so long. I journaled about it. I mapped out episodes. I literally wrote, like, a four-page thing about what I would say in my first episode you know like this had been something that I wanted for so long and I can't just like leave it to die on Spotify like I can't just have one episode up and then leave it that's unfair to me and it's unfair to the people who have like messaged me being hey where's your episode like when are you gonna come out and post your second episode you know how many times people have asked me about it and it kills me inside to be like I don't know, you know, this is just like, uh, I'm just, please, even if you hate this episode, actually, please do tell me, tell me what you didn't like about it and tell me what you did because I need to know the truth. I need to know what you guys think of it and all of that. Even though it's terrifying to hear the truth and it's terrifying for me to be truthful, it's important. It's so important to be who you are. Because nobody sees that anymore. Like, everybody puts on a facade. And I hate it. And I don't want to do that. 
and I've been doing that. I've been just trying to like fit into the social media standards. I'm trying to like suck in and squeeze myself into this standard of social media and I hate that. I really do. You know, I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of being worried and having fears about people hating me. Because, you know, life is life. And you cannot walk through life, like, wanting everybody to love you. That is just the truth. Nobody, people are going to love you and people are going to hate you. And that is just how the fucking cookie crumbles, (laughs) y'all. I watched Bruce Almighty the other day and that just, like, came into my head. So, I love Jim Carrey. But that really is just how it crumbles. Like, you're not going to have a fan club. You might, you're not going to have a hate club. Like, people aren't going to outwardly hate you, but there's going to be times where someone's not going to like you, and someone's not going to like what you say, but you can't simmer on that. You can't let that boil in your head, because it doesn't mine a lot, and I hate that, but it happens, and I think about it a lot, but I have to also remember that there are people that love me for who I am and people who have seen my true self and seen me be vulnerable. There are people who have seen me cry and seen me at my darkest moments and continue to love me. And I have to cherish that because as someone who has lost a lot of friends to death, it is so easy to get caught up in the the waves of not appreciating who you have you know like it's okay so when you lose a friend it's really easy to be like keep your friends close keep your friends so close tell them how you love them blah 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 and then life just catches up to you and you you forget to continue to do that and you forget to continue to appreciate the people who really fucking love you you know because you're you're like wanting these other like you want this big group of friends but in reality, a big group of friends is just a lot of drama, a lot of arguments, a lot of he said, she said bullshit, you know? Like, I have to remind myself a lot that there... That's my laundry. Um, It can wait for just a minute. You just have to appreciate the people who fucking love you, you know? Who love you to pieces and who, you know, do that. And one thing about that is that you have to text those people and you have to reach out to them and I do suck at that sometimes I really just like go through phases where I disappear from my friends lives and they're like hey girl you good and I'm like no but I appreciate you reaching out and I should have reached out first it's easy to not reach out but you gotta just like remind yourself that your true friends will love you no matter what, no matter how long it takes for you to reach out, they'll love you. And it's important to do that because people die and things happen and you lose people and we just have to appreciate the ones we have. Um, it's easy to get caught up in all the bullshit. It's easy to caught up in it's easy to get caught up in having fake friends, but I feel like um I've gotten really good. Uh, not letting people in due to the fact that, like, I've had so many mm, failed friendships, you know? That's, that's for another time as well. That's for another podcast episode because I just don't have time or the energy to talk about it today. This is, it's draining to sit down and talk about this shit, but 
I'm really glad I did. Before I had gotten on here, I was just sitting on my bed listening to Mac Miller, like, staring at my ceiling. I had literally deleted my socials and just been like, well, what do I do now? (laughs) I guess I could go on a walk. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I haven't left my house today, okay? Like, it just gets hard. It eats me up inside. The anxieties eat me up, and it keeps me from having good days a lot of the times, and I think I let it get to me a little too much. That's normal. It's so normal to not leave your house, okay? (laughs) Especially now. Everybody works from home, so it's just easy to, you know, do your work. I don't work from home. I do leave my house. I left my house yesterday, but today I just haven't. I didn't care to. You know, I didn't have to leave for coffee. I had my coffee at home, which is good. And I watched a bunch of Vampire Diaries because why not? You know, it's it's okay to have days where you're unproductive. Even though I did do laundry, that's something. But I fucking hate laundry. It sucks. My least favorite chore. I hate doing anything. I wish I could allow myself to let my dirty clothes just pile up and me be out of clothes sometimes. But anxiety comes into play and I'm like oh my god I feel so cluttered I have no clothes I need to do this or I need to do that and you know having a cluttered space doesn't help my anxiety at all having shit everywhere dirty clothes it it makes me anxious and it makes me feel like I'm suffocating so I try not to do that to myself and I do think that helps me a lot but I I get into this like disgustingly boring routine where on my days off I feel obligated to do that shit because I am worried about my anxiety getting so bad and me feeling overwhelmed and claustrophobic and yada 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 it's just crazy man so I'm gonna take a break I'm gonna go eat something and grab my laundry but I shall be back all right I took a well-needed break. Oh, my God. I ate a noodle protein bar and switched my laundry and thought about how I was going to end this podcast on a positive note. Because as much as it's okay to, like, be pessimistic towards life, I don't want it to take over the entire podcast. I also want to be positive because I don't have to be fake positive about things is what I've had to learn about my life and about mental illness like you don't need to spread fake positivity but just reminding people that you know shit will be okay I know that it'll be okay it has been okay before so that means it can be okay again but I also I do want to talk about the things that make me feel better on bad days or during bad months you know it's really easy to get stuck in a very bad place where it feels dark it's like you can't look at life through rose-colored glasses because why would you you know like it's easy to feel those feelings it's easier to let them in than it is to let positive feeling feelings in sometimes and that is just the truth but I want to talk about you know certain ways that I can make myself feel better and just have like a little glimmer of like tiny bit of happiness in my dark times so sometimes I go on a fucking walk even though it sounds stupid 
walks help. I think fresh air is really important in vitamin D as well as hard as it is to force yourself outside. As hard as it is sometimes to force yourself to leave your bed or your house or whatever, it's so important to just get this tiniest glimmer of fresh air and sun on your skin, you know? Just going even out in your backyard or your balcony and just laying down and just sitting there is better than, you know, being inside all day. Even if it's for 10, 15 minutes or just even one minute. It doesn't matter because that's you making an effort to make yourself feel better. And even when you go back inside and you sit down and you feel like it didn't help, you can still say that you got up and you went and you tried. And that's the best thing you can do in really dark times, you know? I also feel when I am really depressed or anxious and stressed about life, I tend not to take care of myself. I don't have the energy to get in the shower. I don't have the energy to brush my teeth or brush my hair, wash my hair, anything. I just... It's so hard. It literally, like, the easiest task, I remember being in therapy and with my mom. I remember this. Being in therapy with my mom and telling my therapist this and my therapist looking at my mom saying, like, you have to understand that when your child is depressed, the simplest task can feel like they're climbing Mount Everest. And that's so true. And the easiest tasks do feel like you're climbing Mount Everest. It, It just feels so hard, even though... It seems easy to a normal person, um, and it even seems easy in the time, like, thinking about it, but it's just hard. So, there are times that I have gone days without showers, and you can call me gross, but it's just, I try to keep makeup wipes and dry shampoo and deodorant by my side when I am in those hard times, because even putting a wipe to my face and deodorant on my armpits and dry shampoo in my hair and just brushing it out calling it a night or even a day it it helps and it makes me just feel like a little less like a a swamp you know because <laughs> natural odor is true and it happens and when you're not taking care of yourself at least for me I'd be stinking okay I do be stinking but those tiny little wipes to the face armpits and hair can truly help so I try to keep those on hand when I'm going through a very hard time because at least in some way I am taking care of myself and I'm trying to make myself feel better. Listening to music has been one of the biggest biggest things to help me when I need to cry. I will listen to sad music because it helps and I want to cry. I don't want to listen to fucking Black Eyed Peas while I'm crying, you know. I want to listen to Bon Iver or Law Dispute, <laughs> like, just sad music. It's okay. I hate when people are like, don't listen to sad music. It makes you even more sad, which, yeah, it does. But it's good to feel those feelings. Like, I don't know. I'd rather be crying in my bed listening to Law Dispute yell at me than just staring at my ceiling feeling nothing. Like, I'd rather feel pain and sadness than numbness that's my biggest thing um so I'm gonna listen to sad music but I also enjoy listening to Mac Miller when I'm sad or just anything that you like those are just things that I like like music wise those are bands and artists that I'll listen to I have a whole playlist on my Spotify just dedicated to being sad 
which is sad, <laughs> but I mean, I also have a playlist dedicated to being happy and driving on the highway. I have so many playlists made. I used to have my Spotify and my Instagram, but I took it out because my anxiety told me that my music tastes suck, but that's not true. I do have good music taste. I think I have good music taste. That is up to par, though, for everybody else to think, you know? So just listening to music is very helpful, in my opinion. I have a record player in my room, and today I was listening to Kid Cudi, and I was listening to Mac Miller. Folding my laundry really helped me. I, even when I don't feel like singing along, I'll sing along because, you know, something is better than nothing. So listen to some good music that will make you feel sad or make you feel angry or make you feel happy. It doesn't matter what kind it is, but I think music helps. And even listening to a podcast can help. You know, there are days when I don't feel like I want to listen to any music at all. It just, I don't know. I'm such a big music lover, but I have my days where I'm like, fuck this, I don't want to listen to music. So I'll turn on a podcast and if you don't want to listen to my podcast, that's okay. But if you've made it this far, then that means you are. And if you want other suggestions to other podcasts, I really love Good Mythical Morning. Ear Biscuits is so good. I love their podcast. I'm such a Rhett and Link fan. It's hilarious. God, I don't know. I listen to so many true crime and the Dumb Blonde podcast is pretty good too. I really like Bunny. She's hilarious. Just tuning out the sounds of the voices in your head, it, it can help turn some music or a podcast on or binge some Netflix. I love to do that when I'm sad and recently it has been the Vampire Diaries and I wanted to do a podcast uh, episode just about comfort shows and what you watch when you're in a state of anxiety and don't want to watch anything new but I can't make a whole podcast episode about that because it's just such a quick topic to go through but a lot of people I had posted on my socials and a lot of people did swipe up with their comfort shows and honestly I'm pretty sure I lost all of the people's comments about their comfort shows so I'll just go through mine and let you know what I like to watch when I'm really sad or not even sad when I'm anxious and don't feel like turning on something new because honestly this might be weird to normal people but for the people who get me and who have anxiety watching new shows literally causes anxiety in me I'm like scared to do it sometimes and my boyfriend gets so mad at me because sometimes our quality time is sitting down and watching a movie or a new show together and he wants to do that and I'm like I would rather scroll on TikTok than watch something new I don't know why but when I'm feeling like I just can't start a new show these are the shows that I will like cycle through and here we go okay so well movies my movies I love watching Perks of Being a Wallflower. I used to watch that in middle school all the time. I was very angsty and I was very sad in middle school. Loved like emo shit and but Perks of Being a Wallflower was my thing. I watched it every weekend and it got to a point where my mom bought me a hard copy of the Perks of Being a Wallflower and I still have it to this day because I was so happy she bought me it the way like because I didn't have to go to Redbox or I didn't have to go over to a friend's house to watch stream on streaming platforms I just had it and I could watch it so I did and I watched it all the time and it made me feel less alone because Charlie Logan Lerman's character in the Perks of Being a Wallflower is a, a, a depressed anxious kid going through life and it hit home so so much it made me feel so 
seen and I love that so I love watching that it makes it still makes me feel seen but it also reminds me of being a kid um love hocus pocus anything halloweeny I love halloween fall is like my favorite time of the year and I just I keep holding on to like the hope you know how Pierce the Veil has hold on till May I'm holding on until October okay that's when it's my time to shine (laughs) that's my favorite time of the year I've always said that I want a fall wedding so of course hocus pocus has to be in there halloween town too loved those movies they remind me of being a kid which a lot of these movies now that I'm like saying this out loud remind me of being a child and I think it just like kills my inner child to watch them and feel nostalgia because I love feeling nostalgic about things it makes it just reminds me of such a simpler time in my life but Twilight of course is one of my comfort movies I actually recently started watching it again it was on a rainy day and it was perfect it was the perfect scene. I'll set the scene for you right now. It was raining outside and I had just gotten new fall candles. So I lit my fall candles and I cleaned my apartment and I sat my happy ass down on the couch and I watched the first two Twilight movies. And then another rainy day came like a week later and I watched the another two Twilight movies. So I just have the last one left and I'm waiting and I'm holding on for that that third rainy day to come so I can sit down and I can watch it and I can fulfill myself because I love Twilight, always been a Twilight fan, don't hate it, okay, don't hate me for loving it, but it's because my older sister, like, put me on to that, I remember I went to the midnight showings with her, and it just, it was so awesome, and I love it, it's just, Team Edward forever. High School Musical is also a comfort show because I was obsessed with Zac Efron, Troy Bolton was my bae, loved him so much, he made me feel so, ugh. I loved him. I don't know why. And I loved him and Vanessa together. But High School Musical is good too. And I watched that with my best friend Madison at the beginning of the summer because we watched High School Musical too because that's the best one. Okay. You cannot argue. It is the best. And it's the one where they were on summer break and it just felt right. It was the beginning of the summer. It felt right. felt good. But those are some of my comfort movies and some of the shows that I'll watch over and over are Jersey Shore, Friends, The Vampire Diaries, uh, what else do I like? New Girl, I love New Girl. I also love Broad City. I've been kind of thinking about restarting Broad City recently um, just because it's so hilarious and Alana and Abby kill me. I love those bitches. They're, they're just comedic relief for me. I do love The Office. Um, But yeah, those are some of my comfort shows and movies that I love to watch. They make me feel good. They make me feel safe. I I just enjoy watching them. I, you know, it's just, it makes me feel good. So that'll, those are some that I watch. Uh, Any show or movie that I feel like will make me put, will put me in a better mood, I'll watch it when I'm sad or anxious or whatever, you know. Sometimes when I'm in a really dark place, I will reach out to friends, and I think that's very important. You should always reach out to someone if you feel like you are on the edge and you're just ready to jump off, you know. Please, please reach out to somebody. It's, there's always someone that is going to listen to you, no matter how, how, like, scared you are for your life and anything like that. There's always someone there, and... If you don't even feel like there's someone there, then I'll be there. I have an Instagram, like, it's Lillian Jean underscore, um, 
you could follow me and message me. I will literally always lend an ear to someone. Just, you know, message me and be like, hey, have time to talk? And I'll be like, hell yeah, I have time to talk. Send me a voice message. I don't care. Like, I, if you literally feel like you're so alone that you cannot reach out to anyone, I will be there for you even if I didn't know you because I just, I've lost people to suicide before and it's not easy. And there is always going to be people who will miss you. It is not the answer to your problems, you know? It's a permanent answer to a temporary problem in your life. And I'm not saying that depression and anxiety are temporary. They are permanent. But things always get better. I know it. I know they do. As hard as it seems to look at that, they do. I have been in the deepest, darkest times before, and I've gotten out of it. And you can, too. Always, always reach out to someone. And Okay, so if you don't feel like you can reach out to me, and if you don't feel like you can reach out to literally anyone, um, this is such an important phone number for you to call. It's 800-273-8255, or you can even Google National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, and you can call them. There is always someone who is willing to listen to your problems. There's someone who will help you. There's always a solution. And ending it is not. I know we're like, this episode was about anxiety. But when I started it and I said that depression and anxiety go hand in hand, they do. They really do. Um, And you're not alone. Nobody is ever fully alone. Because there is always somebody out there, even if you don't know that somebody, who's going to feel the exact same way you do. And there's probably a lot of somebodies who are feeling the exact same way you do. So that's exactly why I created this podcast, because you guys need to know that you're not alone, that these feelings are so valid, and that it's okay to be a pessimistic person sometimes, you know? It's okay to look at life like it's kind of fucked, because sometimes it really is. But it is not always fucked. It gets better And I have to tell myself that sometimes, like, every day, especially recently, the past six months, I've had to tell myself it'll get better. And there's always a new week. There's always a new day. There's always another chance to, for it to get better. So with that being said, I just want to thank you guys for listening to this. If you made it through to the end, I just want to tell you how amazing and how much I appreciate you for just taking that time out of your day to listen to me ramble and talk about things. And I promise it will not be another six months until I post the next episode. I'm really going to try to do better at posting episodes. It might be, um, you know, one episode every month just because I do not want to burn myself out. I need breaks, you know, so I just, um, just wait, be patient with me. It'll come. It'll happen. I promise you. I love you. Whoever you are listening to this, you're an amazing person. And um, please don't forget to uh, don't follow me on Instagram, actually, because I don't give a shit if you do. <laughs> if you, um, but if you need to reach me, Instagram is probably the best place for that to happen because um, I did delete it, but I will, you know, I will re-download it at some point of my near future life. But yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I will be back here. I promise. Thanks, guys. Um, I will talk to you next time. It has been a wonderful time.